as such. To call someone Lord or to call Jesus Lord specifically is to call Him Master of your life. You say, Jesus, I have no more rights. Uh, I submit to you. Whatever you say, I will do. You are Lord. I am not. You are my king. I am your subject. That's what Jesus calls us to. So when we confess him uh, as Lord, that's what we're saying. We're not just saying some words where we say, yeah, he's Lord. We are saying he is Lord and we recognize him as such and my life will act accordingly. You can't be saved without submitting to Christ as Lord. But the problem comes in when we read the rest of verse 46. He doesn't just say, why do you call me Lord, Lord? Well, we know why that happens is because he says, uh, we confess his name and we shall be saved. But the rest of it, he says, and do not do what I say. You see the dilemma here. You're saying one thing with your mouth, but doing another thing with your life. Many of you know I coach the girls in their soccer teams. And I remember one kid that I coached, he was a goalie, and he had a special talent, loved the kid, of letting the ball roll just right between his legs as he was goalie. So the other team would kick it, and he would be there ready, and there the ball would go right between his legs. And I would tell him, like, listen, if the ball is on the ground, you have to get down on the ground and stop the ball. And this is right after having, he said, I, I know, coach. I, I know how to do it. You, you don't have to tell me. I've got it under control. And I looked at him and I said, I don't need you to tell me that you can do it. I need you to show me that, that you can do that. Now, how foolish is it, you know, even in an example like that, for us to say, yeah, I've got it. I've got it under control. Um, I'm doing it. Don't need any help. But then do something completely opposite to that. How foolish is it for us to say one thing with our lips but do something completely different with our life? How much more, infinitely, eternally more dangerous is it for us to profess Jesus as Lord with our lips but then live as if it makes no difference at all? Jesus says in Matthew chapter 7, Many will say to me on that day, meaning that day of judgment, Lord, 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 didn't we do this in your name? Didn't we do that in your name? Lord, Lord. And Jesus will say on that day, depart from me. I never knew you. There's a whole lot of people that confess Jesus as Lord, but there's not as many who live as if it's actually true. Now, our passage today, I don't think, is necessarily talking about salvation. What it is talking about is how there are two groups. Out of the people that profess Jesus as Lord, there are two groups within that larger group. So if we, if we look even at our church here, you come to church today because you recognize Jesus is worthy of worship. He, he's Lord. You're coming here today saying that, that you are worshiping. So we could say just a blanket statement. Everybody in here would at least give lip service to the fact that Jesus is Lord. But not everyone will actually live as as if that is true. Now you have to have a faith that's dug down deep 
And the way that faith looks is like this. It professes and confesses Jesus as Lord, and it also lives as if it is true. It's both and. It says it and it does it. Now, why does it matter whether or not you actually listen to Jesus? And here's why it matters, church. Storms are coming. Tough times are coming. Sickness is coming. Hard times will happen. Death will happen in your family. You lose a job. You're going to have a struggled relationship. Something is going to go on. Something is going to happen where your life will be tough and it will be hard. Those storms are coming. You may profess him this morning, but if you profess him, you have two options today. Let's look at those options. Out of the group of people who confess Jesus as Lord, option number one is, is this. You can profess Jesus. You see on the screen there, you can profess him with your lips and your life. That's person number one. You can say it and also live it. Now look in verse 41. I'm sorry, 47. <coughs> Jesus says, Everyone who comes to me and hears my words and acts on them, I will show you whom he is like. Now notice that the person Jesus is talking about does three things. He says, Everyone who, number one, comes to me, number two, hears my words, and number three, acts on on them. Those three things. Someone who does those three things, what are they like? What is that person like? Now when I was younger and growing up in church and children's church and children's Sunday school and things, we had a song that we would sing about the wise man who built his house upon the rock. Maybe you, you, I won't sing it for you. I'll spare you that this morning. But the song goes, the rains came down and the floods came up, but the house on the rock stood firm is how the song goes. Well, that's where this song comes from. That's exactly who we're talking about here. This person who comes to Jesus, who hears his words, and who acts upon them. He is like a wise man. He is like a person who, who builds his house in a particular way, who digs down deep and lays a good foundation. Let's read about this man in verse 48. He is like a man building a house who, number one, dug deep, number two, laid a foundation, and number three, where was his foundation laid? On the rock. Those are three important things about this wise person who does the three things that Jesus was talking about. He's just like a man who's building a house and he takes the time out to lay a foundation. And not just any foundation, but it's a foundation upon the rock. Well, what happens after the man builds his house on this strong foundation? You keep reading in verse 48. And when a flood occurred, the torrent burst against that house and could not shake it because it had been well built. Well, what happened after he built the house? A flood occurred. 
a torrent happened. A strong and mighty storm happened and came upon his life. Now notice it doesn't say he built the house and then he lived happily ever after and everything was good and everything was well and, and everything was, uh, was peachy. That's what we want to say a lot of times about being a Christian. You'll come to Jesus and you'll have a good life. Uh, you'll be happy. You'll have everything that you need and you'll have this and you'll have that. Uh, according to what Jesus says, he, he's telling us no matter how you build your house, the storm is coming. So therefore you need to make sure you build your house in a particular way. This first man, when the storm comes, his house was not even shaken. Why not? Because it had been well built. Now how do we get this kind of faith? This kind of faith that, that is not shaken. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> it's not that hard to figure out because Jesus gives us the answer here. Jesus tells us the three things that are present in this kind of faith. This kind of faith, number one, comes to Jesus. Number two, hears his word. And number three, acts on his word. Does what Jesus says. That's what that kind of faith looks like. If you want the kind of faith that will not be shaken when the storms come, you need to be the kind of person who professes Jesus, who comes to him, hears his word, and does what he says. And if you do that, you're like the wise man who builds his house upon the rock. Now today is Mother's Day, and I think about mothers with this, and how with mothers there is no greater there is no greater thing you could give your children than to help them lay this foundation that's built upon the rock, that's built upon Jesus Christ. There's nothing better that you could do for them, nothing better than you can give them, that when they grow up and they're ready to go out into life on their own, that they do that on a strong foundation who is Jesus Christ. I was reading that there are 70% of young adults who at one time were regular attenders at a church, 70% end up dropping out of church. Think about that. Out of all the young people that, that come to church, statistics show that 70% of them end up walking away and leaving. Why is that? Why, why did they leave? Why did they go? Well, a big part of it, I can tell you this, is that they don't have the foundation. And when they get out into the world and the storms come and those floods come and those torrents come, they're not able to stand because they're not built on the foundation of Jesus Christ. Mothers, fathers, whoever you're discipling, whoever it is in your life that, that you uh, are teaching in Jesus Christ, uh, we need to do more than just bring people to church. We need to do more than just encourage Bible study. We also need to do the third thing that Jesus talked about and show them how to live it. We need to show our kids and those whom we're discipling how to forgive someone 70 times 7. We need to see them, uh, or they need to see us loving someone who's hard to love. They need to see us showing mercy and, and doing the right thing even when no one else is around. They need to see us trusting in Jesus. When things are hard, 
when we don't know how ends are going to meet or anything like that, we need to show that we trust Jesus and that he loves us and he provides and we need to show that we believe the scripture that says all things work together for the good of those who, who love him, who are called according to his purpose. We need to, to show our kids uh, that prayer needs to be our first response and sometimes praying even before things ever even have a chance to happen and not just a a backup plan. People uh, need to see us. Our children need to see us. Our, our church members need to see us. Those younger Christians need to see us doing all these things so then we can not just be one who has came to Jesus, not just one who hears the word, but who also acts on the word. And when you do all three of those things, you're like a wise man who builds his house upon the rock and that rock is Jesus Christ. So that's option number one for those who profess Jesus as Lord. But quickly today, we're going to see the second option that Jesus gives and it's this. You can profess Jesus with your lips but then deny him with your life. You notice both of these options that Jesus gives both people profess Jesus with their lips. But this second one then goes on and denies him with his life. Look in verse 49. <coughs> excuse me. But the one... <coughs> oh man, excuse me. But the one who has heard and has not acted accordingly is like a man who built a house on the ground without any foundation and the torrent burst against it and immediately it collapsed and the ruin of that house was great. Now let's compare this person with the first person. This second one hears the word of God. You, you see that in verse 49. This is one who has heard but the difference is in the second thing here. He does not act accordingly. You remember both of these are ones who say they've came to Jesus. Both are ones who have heard the word of God. They come to church, they come to Sunday school, they hear it. But the difference in the first one and the second one is that this second one does not then act on the word of God. The children's song that I was telling you about earlier talked about this person too and he's the foolish man who builds his house upon the sand is, is how that song goes and then when the rains come down and the floods came up that house comes crumbling down I think there's even a fun part at the end where you say the house on the sand went splat you get to smack your hands together like that but, but it, it gets the point that when the storms come and you don't have the foundation like the first person did when those storms come your faith your life it's all going to collapse in on you and the ruin is going to be great Titus 1.16 talks about a people who profess to know God but by their deeds they deny him Think about that. The Bible says it's possible for us to say we know God, say we're following God, say that we're a Christian, but by what we do, we actually deny Him. That's exactly who this second person uh, is here. One who says it, but does not live. Now understand here this morning, we're not 
talking about someone being the perfect Christian who, who always does everything right and never sins. or that, that person doesn't exist. We're not going down that road and even talking about that. What we're talking about is believing His promises and trusting Jesus enough to do what He says. Jesus tells us to do something in His Word. He tells us to be a certain way, to live a certain way, to act a certain way, to love a certain way. And we trust and believe Him enough to actually do those things is what we're talking about. Obedience is the missing ingredient to growth for so many people. Hear that again. Obedience is the missing ingredient to growth for so many people. I want you uh, to just to think how many church members year after year after year stay the same and never change. Never are any different at all. Same, we go through the same motions week in and week out, but there's no change and there's no difference. I want you to ask yourself today, how different are you today in your walk with Christ than you were on Mother's Day last year, this time last year? Or are you pretty much in the same spot? Think about five years ago, if you've been a Christian for that long. Are you any different today than you were five years ago? Are you the same or are you going the other way? Your answer depends and will show you exactly. It will reveal to you upon which foundation you have built your house. Whether you've built it upon Jesus and you're following after Him and growing and going or else you've built it upon the ground not digging down deep uh, at all. And if that has happened, you're going to stay the same or go the other way. A.W. Tozer said, most Christians don't hear God's voice because we've already decided we aren't going to do what He says. Isn't that true? That we've already decided in our hearts that when I run across certain things in Scripture, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to submit myself to that. I know that God says to do it or to be a certain way or he says this is right and that's wrong. But when I come across it, I'm not going to obey that part. I'll obey when it's easy for me and when it's convenient. But I've already decided in my heart that I'm not going to do what he says. Jesus asked the question. This is exactly why he asked this question. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and don't do what I say? What, what's the point in it? What's the point in saying you're a Christian? What's the point in coming to church? What's the point in you know, being here every week? You, you, know, you could do, do something else with your time. What's, what's the point of any of it if you're not going to do what he says? If you don't love, if you don't teach your kids, if you don't commit yourself Christ through the church, if you don't trust His promises, if, if you worry all the time about things after He's told you not to worry because He's got it under, under control, why, why are you going to say, yes, I'm a Christian, but I'm not going to trust you with these things? The church, be ready because storms are coming. Both of these people had floods and storms come their way. 
Both of them experienced the same storm, but only one of them had a house that fell flat. And it's the one without the foundation. It's the one who, who came to church and heard the word, but didn't actually do what Jesus said. <coughs> Matthew Henry says, The difference between a life that can withstand storms and one that cannot depends not just on whether one comes to Christ and hears his word, but also whether he acts on his teachings. That's the difference. That's the key. It's obedience. Now let's apply this and bring this together here and be reminded that there are two types of people who profess Jesus. There are those who profess Him with their mouth and obey Him. And there are those who profess Him with their mouth and do not obey Him. And I ask you today, is your faith dug down deep? Is it dug down deep and laid upon the rock? Because it's not a question of if life storms are coming your way. It's a question of when they're coming. And when those rough times come, you're either going to be shaken and fallen flat and collapse and your run will be great because you've, you've not listened to Jesus or else when they come you're going to stand strong not because you're strong but because you're weak and He is strong and you're trusting in Him. So the three things Jesus says, number one, is come to Him. Come to Him. Maybe Today, you've never came to Jesus for salvation. You can't trust Jesus and build your house upon Him if you've never first turned to Him and asked Him to save you and turned from your sin and confessed Him as Lord and begun to follow after Him. You can't build your life on Christ if you've not first turned your life over to Christ. And let me tell you, Jesus went to the cross to pay for your sin and he died on the cross and he was buried and rose again the third day. And now if you turn from sin and trust in Jesus, you can be saved. Amen. The person who has a faith that will not be shaken, that's dug down deep, the first thing they do is they come to Jesus. Have you come to Jesus today? Don't put that off. The second thing is they hear his words. You say you've come to Jesus, that, that's good. Now you need to start listening to what He says. Make sure you, you pay attention and, and listen to the sermon and, and discuss it with your family after church. Come to Bible study. Study uh, the Bible with your family during the week. Read, listen, listen to sermons online, on, on the internet. I, I can point you to, uh, to some good uh, preachers that will help you in that. Get some, some good uh, books to read that will point you and teaching you how to read Scripture and learn and grow. Come to our Sunday night Bible study at, at 6 o'clock on, on most Sundays where we are really digging down deep in that Bible study. I encourage you today, if you've come to Jesus good, don't stop there. Now start to hear Him. Listen to His words. And you say, I am hearing his words. I'm coming uh, to Bible study. I'm listening to the sermon. I'm studying during the week. Well, Jesus tells you to do a third thing. He, sa and he says for you to now live that out. Act on his words. Live it out by trusting in him. And as you begin to obey him, 
as you follow after him. That is what will dig you down deep, build your house upon the rock who is Jesus, and give you a foundation that will not be shaken when those storms come. Have you done these three things today? Have you come to Jesus? Do you hear him? Do you act on his words? If not, then today is the day to, to turn from that, confess it as sin if you've not been doing it, and trust in Jesus. Ask Him to help you. Ask Him to save you. Ask Him to, to give you grace to, to live it out and follow after Him and build your house upon that rock. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Our Father, we're thankful for Your Word today, and I'm thankful that You've encouraged us about the way life is. Now, we're all too easily aware of hard times and rough situations and struggles. We all know those are a reality. So Lord, help us to believe your word today and understand that we have one of two options. We can build our house upon Jesus who is the rock by coming to him, hearing him, and acting upon what he says or else we can build it upon the ground with no foundation at all and, and be prepared for our lives to just absolutely collapse when those hard times come because we have nothing to stand on. God, we thank you for Jesus who is the foundation for our life and all life. We thank you that he who is our Lord came to save us and rescue us from our sin. And so Lord, I'm thankful for each one who's here today. I pray that you stir our hearts with your word and help us to trust and follow Jesus. It's in his name we pray. Amen.